0: All right, let's, uh, let's do some podcast today.
1: Eh? I am single. I did get drunk. I did buy Tinder Prime, and I fully regretted it. But yeah, <laughs> here we go. Little Messi
0: drove my nana to drink. <laughs> uh, he sells Hot Wheels
1: out of his jacket. <laughs> I'd like to think that he knew that John Terry was a huge Saturdays fan. I like Campbell's oh, Soup is a, is, a, is a big deal. LA is Jay from In us. Luigi, don't quit your day job, mate. Who do you think is more handsome? Charlie Lambert. Pure love. If you say it, say it with chat. All right, <laughs> you just asked the guest. Do, do you want to go to the toilet? Have you ever seen a baby pigeon? Uh, he's, he was good mates with Pablo Escobar
0: from what oh. I read. <laughs> Marahoo, sorry?
1: <laughs> You're a pair of twats,
0: you know <laughs> do that. Welcome back to Nostalgia FC Podcast with your host, me Drew. And me George. This is a podcast where we go back to the good old days of football, talk about all the nostalgic players that you used to love when you were growing up as a kid.
1: As yes, we'll get a guest on who will give us their favourite starting eleven, their manager, their stadium, and their kit. And these players can be anyone. It can be professional football players. It can be some someone they played with in Sunday football, or it can just be video game characters, TV characters, whatever the hell they want. Yeah,
0: it's all up to the guest. And this week we have another great guest. Tiktokers are like buses. You wait for one to come at once, then they all come at the same time. So after Eric last week, we have James Jewsry, otherwise known as Jew's Football Forty. 40- well, almost 48k followers on TikTok with 2.4 million likes. Huge numbers. So, James, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Right, so, James, <laughs> who do you support? I support Liverpool. Season tickets since 2016. Uh, pretty much follow most home games. Uh, away games, as we all know, is impossible. Although I was there for the five North thrashing games against Man United. Lovely. So. Just rub that in for George there. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And international-wise, um, we know, but he, tell, tell the listeners, who do sport So, uh, uh, as you can probably tell by the accent, I am an England fan. I'm the one and only Liverpool and England fan because it's impossible to have both. Um, I also follow England home and away. Uh, I was in Italy a couple of weeks ago at the San Siro. went to Germany a few days after, at uh, the Euros. It was amazing. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not going to Qatar because money and Southgate ball. Yeah, that's my international. <laughs> Although I was there for the um, Wales-Austria game because I do know someone from the Welsh FA where Bale scored the two goals. Nice. So, yeah. Beautiful. Great game.
0: What a night to nice. be at the Cardiff City Stadium. Love that. Yeah, man. All right, so before we go any further into so you starting to select your team, why don't you tell our listeners what you do on TikTok?
2: So yeah, basically t- basically TikTok, if, if we're talking about socials, Twitter, I chat, absolute rubbish, but um, actual TikTok, it's, um, they're more like historical-based videos, so just like random footballer stories, cool seasons, like recently I did one on David Villa's first season of Barcelona, where he won the Champions League, scored loads of goals, it was brilliant. I also do um, quizzes with fellow TikTokers, so 10 questions in 90 seconds, basically just test their knowledge. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to hit 50k by the end of the year, which I should do, really. Um, yeah, that's that's the gist of it. I'm currently in the midst of um, doing a very long Lionel Messi story. So, i basically doing a video for every single season based on Messi. The next video should actually come out today. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Well, if that Ooh, doesn't scream it? Nostalgia FC, perfect guest. And I don't know what does. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. obviously, you're here to give us your ultimate 11. So, let's get straight in. What formation have you chosen?
2: Right, if we're going to go nostalgia, this is this is before our time, before our parents, before our grandparents' time. It is the world-famous 2-3-5 formation. Basically doing it because I want loads of attackers. It was incredibly successful from the 1890s to the 1930s. Uh, yeah, that's all I've got to say on it, really. It probably wouldn't do very well in today's modern game. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. Liverpool sort of played a similar formation against Rangers the other day.
2: Yeah, that's that true. That's true. To be fair, that's this is
0: very much a Kevin Keegan outrageous. formation. I've ever seen one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, hey, I respect it. Anything to get more attackers in, I'm here for it. So let's go straight in. Goalkeeper, who's one of your okay, only three so,
2: defensive players. <laughs> so uh, this is. I think this is the only position I've got. I've done this with. I've got two honourable mentions. Um, so I won't dwell on them quickly. I won't, d- I won't dwell on them long. I've got um, Alisson Becker, just the best goalkeeper I've ever seen at mm-hmm. Liverpool. If it wasn't for him right now, we'd be in the relegation zone. Um, another honourable mention was Harold Schumacher. So in the 1982 World Cup for Germany, he um, caused a horrible incident where he ran into one of the French players, whose name I can't remember, um, said a few uh, bad stuff. And in 2002, he was voted in a French newspaper as the worst person in, in France uh, in second place was Adolf Hitler. If that doesn't say, I hate you, I don't know what does. Um, but my actual goalkeeper is Helmut Dukadam, Stael Bucharest goalkeeper from the 1986 European Cup. Now, he's really famous because in the final, it was Star Bucharest versus Barcelona at the Ramon sanchez Pizuan, Sevilla Stadium. Barcelona were heavy favourites, they would dominate the game, they just couldn't score. I think, was it, oh, who was manager for Barca? It was Terry Venables, I think. Um, anyway, it goes to penalty shootouts. Helmut Dukadam saves all four of Barcelona's penalties, including uh, including Marcus Alonso's father. And nice. yeah, they win the European Cup for the first, first and only time. The hero of Seville, yeah. nickname. Yes.
0: And rightly so, as you've just described, a man on a mission. And also, most importantly for this podcast, he is sporting an absolute worldy of a moustache. Oh, my goodness. Yes,
2: he, he is, absolutely. Yes, yeah, 63 years old, still kicking. Wow. I remember him because I, I had a, um, a DVD that was like The Road to the 2005 Champions League Final, and they had a massive piece on him. And he's just always stuck in my head. Like, I've remembered him ever since. Amazing. Again, if anyone was considering like your nostalgic credentials
0: to be on this podcast, I think you've just proven it a little bit right there. <laughs> what
2: a name though. Helmet Duke Dam, I know. It's class.
1: Helmet Duke and his middle name's Robert, so it just it doesn't it doesn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> He's
2: definitely got like an English yeah, parrot right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Six yeah. foot four! Wow,
0: what an absolute unit!
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be remembered for one for thing, it's saving four penalties in the European Cup final. Like, right.
0: yeah, why not? Eh? Well, in that in that season, don't know if you know this, he he came eighth in the Ballon d'Or voting. I did not know that. Interesting. So the the top ten for that season in the Ballon d'Or voting, 1986, uh, at ten. He had Alessandro Altabelli. Can't say I know him. Joint eighth, you had Helmut Dukadam and Marco Van Basten (laughs) joined together. Uh, Joint sixth, you had Alexander Zavarov from the Soviet Union and Ian Rush. Go on, Rushy. Legend. Fourth, Manuel Amaros and Preben Elkjaya. Can't say I know any of this. Oh, Preben Elkjaya. Good hit. Good good story about him. Yeah. Nice. Third, Emilio. Buta Gueno. Second, Gary Lineker. Yeah. And then first, from the Soviet Union, Igor Belenov. Russia's yeah. best ever players. So, what, a, I mean, what an elite list of players and you've just got all Hel- helmet on the end of it.
2: <laughs> good luck. How about Duke mate? Just because of one game.
1: <laughs> Go on, helmet. Sometimes that's all it takes. I was going to say, takes. like, being known for one game isn't, I mean, it, it's for good reasons, but like, You'd want to be known for your whole career, other than that. Have you it? heard
2: of how Robson yeah, Carney? Yeah, I agree. That's true. Frederico yeah. Micade is known for one game.
1: <laughs> true. Uh,
2: Frederico Micade. Uh,
1: no, I can't. Right.
0: Let's move away yeah, from all he- sure. helmet. Mad respect for helmet, Duke Dan. So let's move forward to one of your two defenders.
2: <laughs> okay, so the first centre half I've got is actually a right back, and it's um. It's Andy Wilkinson, former Stoke City fullback. Um, he had to retire, uh, I want to say 2014, due to a head injury. And, uh, he was only 31 years old. He's just an absolute cult cool hero for Stoke fans. Um, was one of those, never left. Um, I saw him live against Manchester United. Absolutely snap Robin Van Persie. Uh, gave away a penalty. And this was, is this was like the time where I absolutely despised my United. Like you couldn't believe... Liverpool were garbage. Man United was still winning the league. And it was just great to see. And uh, he'd have his testimonial fixture. He never scored for Stoke City. Um, In his testimonial, he would score a goal and everyone would run on the pitch. He was just an all-round absolute legend. One of those proper old-fashioned defenders. If the ball was on the ground, someone was going to kick it. He'd somehow get his head in the way. One of those. He only scored
1: one goal in his whole career as well. Oh, really? One goal.
2: Was it wasn't it yeah. for Stoke though, was it?
1: Uh that was for Patrick Thistle. No, uh, no, no, no. Patrick he Thistle was on loan. Scotland, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just he an absolute... play, yeah. he did play in an FA Cup final, though. He did. Yeah. And lost to City. Yeah. Because I like, obviously I'm from the Stoke area. Like everyone was buzzing for that. They'd just beaten Bolton Wanderers 5-0 in the semi-final. Like, oh, we're gonna beat City. And I know this one lad who's a Man City fan, and he was getting grief like just before it. And he was like. He was just like shrugging it off because Man City are miles better, obviously, than Stoke City. Yaya Torre pops up, scores the winner. All the Stoke fans shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Stoke fans were very, very annoying at that era. Liverpool were bad. Stoke were pretty on on the up. It was not a good time. Dark days. Dark days, indeed.
0: Right, so one of your centre-backs is a right-back. So
2: I can only assume that the yeah. other one is the centre-forward. So who have we got the <laughs> second centre-back position? No, 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 no. The other centre-back is the greatest centre-half of all time, and it is Virgil van Dijk. Because what more can we say about the man? He's a God of Bugs man. I know George is looking funny. <laughs> the man uses his aura It's, it's, it's a the rough friend. time to call him the best ever. Oh, yeah, I know. But, mate, Sergio Ramos has his, has, has his bad days. You know, that's all I'm saying. Uses aura to defend, and most of the time it works. He's a very good tackler. His position, positionally, is phenomenal. Brilliant leader. Obviously, with Liverpool, he changed pretty much everything once he signed. So our defense was what Dejan Lovren, Joel Matip. It it wasn't great. Van Dijk rocked up, scores a goal on his debut, and it it just everything from there was just great until probably this season, really. And obviously, he had that horrendous injury against Everton.
1: You've just you've just admitted that Virgil van Dijk came in and replaced the self proclaimed best centre back in the world. So I, I don't know what you're on
2: about. Oh, self proclaimed for a There's reason.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, he has played a World Cup final. Van Dijk hasn't. So true that. So my favorite thing about uh,
0: Big Virge is something that Troy Deeney said when he was talking about who does he hate playing against, and he said. Virgil van Dijk because he even smells nice. <laughs> I, I bet he does.
2: He yeah, it was a thing that, like, work.
1: it was it was a thing like, um, apparently, after not not just at the beginning of the game, like at the end of the game, it's like, how do you still smell good?
0: <laughs> you know how like gold keeps like a towel next to the goal. He's got yeah. like a little bottle of, of like aftershave by the goal. So every time there's a corner, he's like a little spray. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Either that, or Troy Deeney just is—it smells horrible, so he's not used to like anything other than that. So, if I was a professional football player and I was trying to get the edge on
0: my opponents, I would not shower for the whole week before the game, so no one would Ooh, want to mark you. No one wants to
2: get anywhere near you. Now, that's a good shout. To be fair,
0: so, so that's a testament to the to the uh, ability of Virgil van Dijk. He makes himself smell nice on
2: purpose to attract strikers, so then he can defend them better. Yeah, that's true. Just out of interest, where would you where would you play if we we're just talking about like peak? Because overall, like don't get me wrong, like overall Premier League you got like Van Dyke, got uh, Vidic, Ferdinand, Terry, whoever. Just peak, where would you rate Van Dyke as like greatest centre halves? Well, so in top, Premier League, history?
1: top five definitely, top definitely. five. Yeah, um, I I always feel like with um, Ferdinand, Terry, Vidic, there is definitely sure. going to be someone I'm missing there. It's like it. It's so hard to choose between them because a lot of them were different players as well. Like yeah. you can't you can't say Vidic was the same sort of player as Van Dijk. One's a lot like you know smoother, better on the ball. The other just throws his head at a football. So it's like... <laughs> he's afraid of Fernando Torres. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool, Fernando Torres uh, for me, it went a bit down <laughs> <off mentality. laughs> Yeah, that's
0: true. That's true. Mm. I think for me, um, obviously, I'm also a massive Liverpool fan, so slightly biased. I do think Virgil van Dijk is one of the best centre backs in the Premier League era. Hundred percent. I think the ones towards the late nineties sort of get forgetting about. We've got Marcel Desailly. He wasn't. He didn't play his best football at Chelsea, but he was still a world class defender. Uh, Tony Adams. Yap yeah, Yapstam. Yeah, Yapstam, Tony, Tony yeah, Adams.
2: Yapstam,
0: yeah. uh, I think we're all forgetting about the legend that is Mamadou Sakho. I mean,
2: uh, obviously, yeah, yeah. Oh, George, the, yeah, the uh, person you is Bramble, by the way.
1: Ah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. The um, the thing is as well though, Virgil van Dijk is is playing in the same like Premier League era as Harry Maguire, and I feel like that's quite difficult to name yourself the best. You know, um, <laughs> that's true. Pains me to say that one as well.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> he's even like got, he's even me, bad for England now. That's like that's 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 how bad it's gotten for Harry Maguire. He can't perform for England. I just says it all. Yeah, did you did
1: you see the when? When Gareth uh, Southgate basically came out, he had that awful game, was it against Germany, where he gave the ball away twice? Yeah. Germany crazy. scored uh, both times. And Gareth Southgate came out and said, it's because he's not match fit. And then he pleaded with Eric Ten Hag to play him. Oh And my. the next wow. game, I was like, oh God, he's he's going to play him, isn't he? And he was right back on the bench. <laughs> I don't
2: well, know, why like, would you some claim sort of
1: someone's agreement.
2: not match fit? Why would you claim someone's yeah. not match fit? Well, I, I don't him? understand...
0: I didn't understand, like, they sent Fikayo Tamori to, to home and then they played Maguire. I was like, what are you doing? Like, play the form yeah. players. That's my thing with Southgate. Like, I'm obviously not an England fan, so carry on playing the bad players. It's fine by me, especially in the World Cup. Uh, but I think yeah. the thing with him is he doesn't choose players on form, it seems. He just picks his favourites, because why the heck is Madison not no,
2: playing
0: either? It's, it's insane. He does. No, he 100% yeah.
2: picks his favourites, and it's so frustrating.
0: like I love Jordan Henderson, but he should be nowhere near that in the squad. No, I agree.
1: Mad- <laughs> Madison's the one that's like an absolute crime. He is in the form of his life at the moment. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm playing for a Leicester squad that really aren't doing well, and he's like shining through still.
0: And if you look at the yeah, squad, right? by himself is better. No, Foden by himself is better than most players in other teams. You've got Grealish on the other side. You've got Jude Bellingham, the the, the rising star of world football. Like, how can you not Perform better than they do, so yeah, it's the manager holding them back. They should they should sack him and get Serena Weigman in. That, that's the that's oh, it
2: yeah, hundred percent to get rid of him. Like if you think we go, we go three, we go two 0 down. There's like barely any attacking in in um, instinct from England, and we go two 0 down. It's like oh, we have to score. We score three goals in ten minutes. It literally shows right there just what we are capable of and, on an attacking front, but we just don't show it, and it's frustrating from an England fan point. Absolutely. So oh, well. it's
0: very
1: enjoyable from a Wales fan point let me tell you that
2: yeah
1: you know you know though they'll just they'll um, they'll sort it out by the
2: time we play them oh Wales, absolutely right? absolutely they just will. Nick, Rob Page has got Gareth Southgate's number that's all I'm going to say <laughs> he beat him in a
0: fight because Rob Page is hard as nails anyway let's Please. move away from
2: current <laughs> football and go back to your team
0: so, so we've got the goalkeeper we've got two centre-backs who have we got as your first midfielder
2: Okay, so my first midfielder is a guy who played in the 70s for Lazio and his name is Luciano Reciaconi. Now, this guy has an incredibly interesting story because he played for Lazio in the 70s and that team was called Lazio Pistols. Um, they were ran uh, by a... They were like basically split into two. So he had uh, Giorgio Ceniglia, who was like a right wing, who was, who was right wing, and then Gigi Martini, who was left wing. Now, what's interesting about Chinaglia is that Are you talking was...
0: political or...
2: Uh, political, yes. <laughs> talking political, political yeah. or... Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Chinaglia was actually born and raised in Swansea, of all places, um, but then he was kicked out of Swansea for being a bit of a nutter. Um, went to Lazio. They won the league. But what's inter- interesting about um, Reg Ciccone was he was kind of the, um, the dude who was in the middle of it all. So everyone kind of liked him. He didn't have a side. Um... And the reason they are called the Lazio pistols is because everyone had a like hot, had a pistol in training, just in case it all kicked off. That's how like that's how high the tensions were at the time. And this is the side that won the league, which is is just nice. remarkable. Um, but Rachel Kony was the only player who didn't have a pistol, which is incredibly ironic because in the seventies, I, I think it was about seventy six, um, he would he was a bit of a jokester. He was out with a, a couple of mates. And he would go to his friend's jewellery store. Um, his friend's jewellery store had recently been uh, robbed. Uh, so the owner of the, the jewellery store had a gun to protect himself. Like, he didn't want it to happen again. Um, so what does Ray Ciccone do? He goes, you know what would be funny, lads, if I pretend to rob this jewellery store. Now, we all know where this is going. He pretends to rob it. The jewellery store owner doesn't realise who it is, shoots him. Richard Coney dies. Well, I god. just
1: saw as you in the middle of you saying that. I just saw it said date of death, and he's like twenty eight. Oh, I was wow. like, oh
2: god, this is not going to go well. Yeah. Wow. Uh, just a just a cra- a really talented footballer. Uh, played for Italy a couple of times, and yeah, what a what a way to go.
0: Jesus, I mean. That's a nice well not a nice way, but a very like poetic way to round
2: off the Lazio pistols, pistols sorry, yeah. era of football.
1: That's Quite incredible. Nasty. He was like
2: the only one who didn't have a gun and then he died because he pretended to have a gun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, Dear me. But you've got you've got a question why in that situation. Like why why what goes through your head to be like, Oh, I know in this place where everyone has guns, yeah. just pretend you know, Oh mate, it's you know, but, my, mind blown. Good
2: mind. Italy in the 70s was a crazy place. I think people were just a bit a bit psycho. I don't know. I, I don't really have a reason for, or an excuse for it. It's just a bit crazy. It's saying, oh, to be fair, yeah. his description says,
0: a fast, strong, athletic and hardworking player known for his speed, tenacity and stamina. Perfect
2: for a three-man midfield in front of a two-man defence. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's got, to do, he's got to do the tracking back and everything, hasn't he? Play out wide a bit, you know? But just all around, a, a crazy story from a good player. Insane. What just what a way to go. I don't really know what what more to say about it. Like, not much to say about him as a player, just because seventies it just wasn't as well documented. But just it's a mad story. Mad. Absolutely yeah. mad. It's crazy.
1: Nicknamed the blonde angel. Four yes. or after? ooh, I mean... Uh, Good question. <laughs>
0: I think yeah, it was before. I mean, it been, it's quite hasn't? sad now. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what it is.
1: It do, it, oh, no, it does say it does say he was also known for his sense of humour. Ooh. He <laughs> uh, was also ooh, yeah. known for his sense of humour throughout his career and was nicknamed the Blonde Angel. Yes. Or in Italian, do I even try this? Yeah, of course you do. Yes, you do. Leangelo Biondo, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that. cast Casting directors, he
0: can do Italian.
1: But, I no, can't. It's saying known for his known for his humor. Like I kind of wish he wasn't after that story. Yeah,
2: dear me. But like this, this, um, this, dear, dear this is like the first player in my squad now. Like there's a few players here um, that I've made videos on that just have really interesting stories. So he's like the first one essentially. Love that. So if there's a couple of people that you've never heard of. That's probably why. I mean,
0: yeah, fair play to uh, this guy. I'd, I'd never hit yeah. him. And now, well,
1: what an amazing story.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great story okay. to tell people.
1: <laughs> so, who is helping him out in midfield? We've only got three midfielders, so they're going to be working hard, as we know.
2: Okay. So, my next midfielder is equally as hard working, uh, is still alive. In in terms of management, he's just about alive, and that is Stevie G, the King Stephen Gerrard. Loved him as a player, uh, hard working, scored just absolute thunderbolts, Mister Liverpool. Annoyed he went to LA Galaxy because he really should have been a one club man. Obviously, sco- he, I think he's the only player to score in the Champions League final, UEFA Cup final, FA Cup final, FA Cup final League Cup final. Clutch. Unfortunately, when it came to the Premier League. wasn't as clutch, which is a shame. Um, just what a player! Obviously, Drew, you'll have a lot to say about him. Just what? What more can you say about Gerard? He's just brilliant. Obviously, from a Liverpool standpoint, he's just amazing.
0: Like you said, he is. He is Liverpool. Like he epitomised it—that tenacity, that drive, the passion for the city and the club. He was just a fan playing for Liverpool, which was which was wonderful to see inspired generations. Like, look at Trent now. He says Gerard is one of his absolute inspirations in his career, even though he's a right back. But, I mean, they strike the ball the same. Uh, I think with Stevie, and I've spoken about Stephen Gerrard many a time on this podcast, believe it or not, but I think he's just he's just that guy. Like He's just that guy, you know what I mean? Like You look at Liverpool in that era where we did struggle for a lot of it because he was let down by his teammates for the most part. He didn't really play with a world-class player Well, Owen left and they didn't play with a world class player till, well, world class forward until Torres. Yeah. And then, yes, he had Suarez after that, but then he was always let down by
2: the players playing alongside him, which is fair enough. Okay. As you said earlier, I just think it's a shame he never quite had the squad to like match his ability. It was always like he'd have one other really good player and then two decent players and then three just players who just weren't up to the standard. And he just never quite won the stuff that he probably should have. And obviously with the England Golden Generation, what happened happened with that. It's a it's a career that could have, trophy-wise, definitely should have offered more. Especially, I mean, if he went to Chelsea or into Milan, he would have won so much more. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I, um like, we spoke about TikTok a little bit. I remember seeing a TikTok recently that was, um, I said to him, like, kids in 2022. And if they scored a goal, they'd be doing uh Ronaldo's Sue uh, Sioux celebration yep. or Mbappe's folding his arms celebration. Um and then it said uh back in the two thousands, and then it was just a ball was rolling out someone outside the box, and this person just runs up and screams, Gerard. And that was yeah. our like like that even even I would do that because that was like the known thing that just if it's coming out of the box, he's hitting it and he's hitting it so sweetly.
2: It's just a great name to um, shout as yeah. well, isn't it? Like it just works. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you always shouted it in a Scottish accent, uh, which now it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <problematic. laughs> we, won't, we won't go too much onto that,
0: but uh... quick move on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, unbelievable player, captain, fantastic. Carried Liverpool for a long time when they needed it, yeah. and a fantastic choice again. He could, play, he could play any position in the midfield, play the six, play the eight, play the ten when he was playing play with Torres. He played on the wing and yeah. Benitez. Like this. Or oh, right back. He played, play, played. Played right back in
2: the Champions League final for the last uh, well extra time. Yeah. Because he had no legs. What a player. Yep. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> what a guy.
0: So you've got. Oh, well, I mean, so far it seems a very competent midfield. I mean, mm. part of one of them being dead
2: uh' so the third one <laughs> <laughs> uh my next midfielder is uh, he definitely isn't a Gerard or a Ray Kony. It's um Zvedan Misimovic, uh Bosnian number ten, and you I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but you will remember the side. He was the attacking midfielder for the Wolfsburg side that won the Bundesliga with Kurfich uh, and Edin Dzeko as the two strikers. Um, he had, that That season was like, he was always a good player, but that was his one see, true like quality season. I think he held the um, assist record for a season um, until like Emil Forsberg and Thomas Muller eventually broke it. But a bit of a story about him. He was in um, Bayern Munich's youth setup, scored a lot of goals, got promoted to the first team, but rarely played. Uh, would find himself playing for lesser sides such as Bochum Nuremberg before making his way to Wolfsburg in 2008 and uh, as i say he was uh, the number 10 besides Edenjaka and Grafiche. i think grafitech is like i think he scored more goals than games that season um unbelievably like, obviously he's again he's one of those players that's just kind of remembered for one thing and it was that season um but a little bit of a side story about him um I got a message on Instagram like a, f- a few months ago from a, a lad called Luca, uh, Luca Misimovic. and he was like, I've just shown my dad your video, he loves it. And I was like, No way, ah, that is a- so cool. No way. Yeah, and sick. I I I looked at his Instagram and like his dad follows him and everything. So it's legit. I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. Thanks to that guy for showing his dad as well. That was so cool.
1: Amazing.
2: Yeah. I think I think, it's, I think his last place really so like Bosnia under eighteen, something like that. So he's a good footballer. Amazing, amazing.
0: Well, that's funny. You should say that because I, I uh, was just looking at some information on uh, this guy, and uh, he's got three sons. First one's called Luca. There you go. Second yeah. one's called Nico. Both great names, and then the third one's called Noel.
2: <laughs> Big Oasis fan.
0: Big, big away... Oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> Actually, you're both wrong. He's a massive Deal or No Deal fan. <laughs> <laughs> he, this Brilliant. guy absolutely loves Mr. Blobby. He loves it. Oh. That's so cool, though. Fair play. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't really remember him too much. But No, same. His stat lines are amazing for every club that he went to. And 84 caps for a team is no mean feat.
2: Yeah,
0: and that that Wolfsburg team that did win the Bundesliga, I still remember Graffit because he did that mad jangly yeah. run through all the defenders and then scored an unbelievable goal to an unbelievable season. And like players like that, cult heroes that go missing because people forget about that one season. It's a shame that it's only one season and it goes away.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, do you I remember, Love the fact. Do you, the, um, do you remember one of the? Do you remember one of the centre halves for that Wolfsburg side? Let me think. A bit of minutes, I mean, Saka. Ricardo No, it's Red No. Ricardo Costa was correct, but that's not the one I'm thinking of.
1: I've got the team up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that's cheating. Son of a bitch. I mean, to, to, no, to be fair, when you said his name, I was like, there's no way I'm finding that. So I just searched Wolfsburg title winning team and then found uh, it. fair it. enough.
2: So give me a clue. It was a. Um, Played, I think he left Wolfsburg and played the rest of his career at Juventus. That could be wrong, but he played the majority of his last bit of career at Juventus. What nationality is he? Uh, Italian. Like, I, I never knew about this until making a video about it. Like, I was like, he played for them? What? Was it Barzagli? It was Barzagli, yeah. I was just one of those that blew my mind. I was like, what was he doing yeah, there? That's random. Yeah, because like, all playing, my life... Get himself a winner's medal and go back to UVA. Yeah, man. Win yeah. everything with them.
0: Yeah, I thought it was just him, Benucci and Chiellini forever
2: ingrained in the Juventus, but apparently not. FIFA 13 just have them at the back three. Well,
0: Zagli exactly. is one of those players that I always thought was old. <laughs> Like I don't remember him ever being yes. young. I just for me in my head he's always been thirty-five.
1: No no, you're right. So I'm just reading what? through through his Wikipedia. One of his nicknames, obviously not in English, uh, is Plum and I'd love to know why. I,
2: why. I, I couldn't tell you that. I do not know the answer. <laughs>
1: <sighs> ah, the man with the stories doesn't know the answer. Well I don't have. That's my, uh, my bad.
0: <laughs> oh, we'll we'll let you off on this one.
1: <laughs> where the hell do we start? Five attackers. Is it two wingers, three strikers? Is it four wingers, one striker? Is it so five
2: strikers? So you've got the left and right winger, you have a left and right inside forward and a striker. Now this is where like the meat okay. of the conversation so, really
1: like. So it's like an So arrow. it's like an
2: arrow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um so my Okay, where left- are we starting? Uh, we'll start with left, inside, forward. This isn't really in order. This is just like out of order of what I find interesting, cool, sort of. Um, okay. So my left, inside, forward is a Brazilian lad called Carlos Enrique Raposo, nicknamed Carlos Kaiser, and he is football's greatest ever fraud. Uh, his professional career spanned from 1979 to 1992 and he played a grand total of zero games and he was at clubs such as flamengo vasco da gama Botafogo, independiente um, and essentially what he would do he would sign for teams after impressing and training he would fake injuries and then get released obviously he had the training the money the lifestyle he had it all besides the actual games played um other things he would do he would um, in like public areas like around um like the training ground or whatever He would pretend to take phone calls, like pretending he was a different, um, let's say he was a Vasco da Gama, someone like Fluminense, he'd pretend pretend that they would be calling him um, so he can get like an extended contract. Um, Just absolutely crazy. He had people in high places, such as journalists, writing articles about how great he was. And uh, Carlos Alberto, the 1970 World Cup winning captain, would even say great things about him to other clubs so that they would sign him.
0: Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. That's the biggest scam I've ever heard of
2: life. Because obviously this is like before That's the internet so and stuff like that. So you couldn't like do your proper research. You just kind of it was word of mouth. And it's Amazing. it's just a crazy Yeah, you story. sort of
1: you sort of banked on people knowing that he was good, sort of thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's mental. I don't even know how what they. Is are, it, Carlos Enrique, what? Uh Raposo. R-A-P-O-S-O. Raposo. I I don't know how it never got properly found out until like later years i think there's a film made about him as well i've, no, I've never seen it but it's just one of those <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous i don't get how how he got away with it for 13 years and for such big football Yeah, like well, to play to him he went to mexico
1: <laughs> i hope he got it's paid insane. i hope like a lot of hard work i hope he got paid
2: i presume he would have, otherwise he wouldn't have done it yeah, but I mean, like,
1: like decent, decent amount of money, not just oh,
2: yeah, decent, yeah. yeah.
1: There is a film I, in my in my head as well. He he would just turn up to training at a new club, and the manager would just be like,
2: "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently he was like decent at football, but he wasn't quite at that level. Um, and he his nickname's Carlos Kaiser. Now, I, I, this is off the top of my head, I believe. He nicknamed himself because of Franz Beckenbauer, whose nickname was Der Kaiser. So he called himself Carlos Kaiser. I think yeah. that's true. That is that is what is listed as on what I'm reading here.
0: Yeah. What a what a guy. Now we have to address address some of the team names of the teams that he's played for, because we've got some absolute corkers oh, yeah. in here. Oh boy. Okay. So we've got um the big names they've said, Botafogo, Flamengo, and Independiente. Uh, you've also got Bangu. There's one, Bangu. Fair enough. Uh, you've got uh, America RJ. Don't know what RJ stands for. And this is the best one, and perhaps one of the best we've ever heard, George. The El Paso Six Shooters, <laughs> as in the gun. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of gun themes in this team.
1: There is this I was there. Going to say, uh as As the Ray past. Ray Ciccone wasn't playing for them, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's funny. I'd imagine America i J. I'd I'd imagine America R J. Probably, probably stands for like America, so South America, and R J. would be Rio de Janeiro. Maybe that's a guess. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, that works for me. So yeah, you're probably right there. So
0: the El Paso. Who's going to
1: tell us we're wrong?
0: <laughs> exactly, the El Paso Six Shooters. Uh I've since changed their names to the El Paso Patriots, which is quite problematic when you've gone from a gun to a Patriot. Yeah. Yeah. God bless America. I mean okay. Care, let's... Yeah. Right, well, Carlos Kaiser the man that's never played football. Does the next player have any appearances in professional football player? Yes, this,
2: this player actually has a European Cup to his name. So, All right, nice. Oh, no, sorry, it, no, it was Champions League, not European Cup. It was the yeah, Champions League, and it is um, the Ghanaian legend baby Pele. So, what position um, we put him in? Uh, left wing. Wait, FIFA and legend, absolute legend, and there is one reason that I've got him in here, and it's because he is one of the. Dodgiest transfers of all time. Um, and at the time, it was 1987, he was playing for a French third tier side called Mulhouse in the east of France, uh, just on the border of Germany and Switzerland. And he would catch the eye of two league on sides obviously Marseille, and the other one being Monaco. Now, Marseille's owner at the time, Bernard Tapie, who is a fascinating figure himself, he's corrupt as anything. One of those. Oh yeah. He was he, have you ever heard the story about like how they um they bribed Val- Valenciennes so they can play the Champions League, their next game is the Champions League. Um just basically go easy on us. Yeah, he was the reason for that. Actually um, I think that story actually insane. Yeah. He's crazy. Um basically, Tappy, the Marseille president, would tell a baby Pele that Monaco. Only would only take blood tests of African players during the medical and that he should reject it due to prejudice. Obviously, that is a lie. Um, and at the same time, Tapi would tell a member of Monaco's uh, probably medical staff that Pele was HIV positive, meaning that a baby Pele... Oh. Meaning that Pele would refuse to take the test and that they would believe... That Pele was actually HIV positive. They just didn't want to. They just didn't want to find out. So obviously, that 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 happened. Uh, and the very next day, a baby Pele was signed for Marseille. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Dear
0: one me.
1: of.
2: Oh my god! Yeah. Can you? One of the greatest <laughs> African players of all time. That just shows how, like... It's just crazy. Someone like that, of that quality, just to get him by saying he's HIV positive. Insane. Insane.
0: Absolutely. It's insane that a player that good at football could spawn Jordan and Andre Ayuk. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because he is their dad.
2: (laughs) 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 To be fair, like, I mean... To be fair, Jordan Ayew did score that great goal for Crystal Palace, and Andre Ayew was a good player. He wasn't incredible, but a good player for Swansea, um, yeah, and a Pele, yeah, a Pele. He won the French League. He won um, the European Cup. So it it paid off for Bernard Tappy to lie like that. <laughs> it's, just, it's insane. But oh, I'm I'm coming I mean, at you guys with the insane stories. So hey, we're here for it. Absolutely here for yeah. it. Loving it.
1: That's mad. Absolutely insane. It's just wild. Absolutely wild. As well, like, with, that, with that name, are you constantly going to have comparisons to, you know, the Pele?
0: Well, yeah. actually,
1: what happened
0: is uh, the the real Pele counted all of this Pele's goals as his own. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone with a surname Pele, Pele's like, yep, that's my one. Thank you very much. Put that that's on the table. Yep. Another Champions <laughs> well, League fair, for me. Yeah.
2: Wow, check me out. To be fair, Pele, to be fair obviously, a baby Pele is real. His last name actually isn't Pele. It's like, I don't know if you, I don't. You probably know that, right? Yeah. Is it IU, I was going it? Yeah. Is it It is IU. He just like called himself Pele because people called him Pele, <laughs> and it stuck. What a guy
0: yeah man what a guy well there's the left side who have we got on the right side or the forward wherever you going next
2: so I'm going to go right inside forward and we're, go- we're going to go away from the incredible stories and we're going to go to like the real like great players so my right inside forward is Gerd Muller in my opinion the most nice. underappreciated player of all time at least in our generation And now you want to talk about clutch footballers, so Cristiano Ronaldo, Divock Origi. For me, Gerd Muller is the ultimate big game player. (laughs) Scored a brace in the replay of the 1974 European Cup final. Scored in the 1975 final. Scored in the 1976 semi-final against Real. and And in that semi-final, he scored all three of Bayern Munich's goals. He also scored 68 goals in 62 games for West Germany, including 10 goals in the 1970 World Cup. He would score four out of West Germany's five goals in Euro 72, including a brace in the final, and then scored the winning goals against Netherlands in the 1974 World Cup final. Uh, And he obviously scored at the time 85 goals in 1972, one-time Ballon d'Or winner, overall 722 goals in 778 games for club and country. Just an unbelievable striker. Phenomenally clutch. And for me, he just he just goes underappreciated. That might just be a British thing. I Obviously, in Germany, he's probably a lot higher regarded. But I just don't think people talk about him enough. He's just the ultimate poacher. Yeah. I think something you said
0: before as well, it's like a generational thing, isn't it? I think we're far enough away from that now that if you're not researching it or you're like... Dad or uncle or granddad are talking to you about that era of football. You probably aren't going to hear yeah. about him because he's not spoken about. Like you said, he's just not. And a lot of players yeah. from that era aren't. If the name's not Pele or Maradona, a lot of people don't know anyone from that era.
2: Well, it's it's the same era. Yeah. Like Pel, Pel, okay, Pele's career is just done his last legs, but it's still Pele. You've got the emergence of Johan Cruyff. <clears throat> he's going to fall behind them, isn't he? So, yeah, just a phenomenal. It's, it's also
1: like. Just looking at it, and I, I, there might be more players, but I can't think of any that come to mind to score more goals in your appearances in your international career, is ridiculous. I can, is I'm ridiculous. Su- I'm assuming Haaland's probably on on track to do that, but he's probably got 17 <laughs> goals in a game. <laughs> we did, didn't he? He got like seven goals in a game recently.
2: It was, I think it was stupid, got, but yeah, to get the World Cup against Honduras, I think he scored nine goals. Haaland.
1: Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's right. Oh. but
1: yeah. Uh, going back to Muller, he sixty-eight goals in sixty-two games is just
2: ridiculous.
1: Called and the he, nation's bomber, and it's easy to see why. Nicknamed Nick, yeah. the Na-
2: nation's bomber, and I, I've yeah, just I listed that. off some clutch goals he scored there. He's probably scored in like loads of other semi-finals. Um, Here is another actually story, interesting story I've got for you. So that nineteen seventy-four European Cup final was against Atlético Madrid. The game before. Uh, it was it was the top two, the top two at the time of the Bundesliga were Bayern Munich and Borussia Mönchengladbach. Bayern Munich won the, won the uh, penultimate game to win the league one nil. Gerd Muller scored that winning goal, another clutch goal. However, the next game was obviously Atletico Madrid in the Champions, the European Cup final. Sorry, uh, they would draw the game one one after Schwarzenbeck scored like a hundred twentieth minute equalizer. The replay was only two days later. Now Bayern Munich won that game four nil. Um, the very next day, Bayern Munich had to play their final Bundesliga game, um, which obviously crazy. However, that Bundesliga game was against Borussia Munching Gladback, the side that they were fighting for, fighting the Bundesliga title for. Um, Gerd Muller, Becker Power, they all played, but Borussia Munching Gladback won 5 0. So imagine if Gerd Muller didn't score that winning goal in that penultimate game. Just, what a guy. I mean Yeah.
1: Why would they play them?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I think I think the, like, the second leg like, final was on the fourteenth of May, the final Bundesliga game was fifteenth of May or something like that. It was definitely the next day. Yeah, surely you just wouldn't you wouldn't play them. You just yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> they they all came off in the I think they all different areas. No, but they come off of substitutes for a thing then. So maybe not. I can't remember, but Good mother. Underrated. Awesome. Wow. A lot of goals. Very, <laughs> very underrated, if, yeah. Imagine if he played the, the amount of international games that they do now. Like, there's every chance he breaks Ronaldo's numbers. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah.
0: By, you, by that conversion rate, if you had 100 caps, you'd have like 160 goals. <laughs> I'll do maths, so that's probably wrong, but we'll, we'll just move on from that.
2: It's close <laughs> enough. Okay. <laughs> Right, so there's that your right that? that's my right side forward. Right we'll with... forward so we've got yep. we will go with striker. We striker winger we'll go striker next um and it's another okay here this guy is depends where you want to put him i think i don't think there's any argument he's top five of all time and it's Pele, um greatest goal scorer of well one of the greatest goal scorers of all time now won three world cups when everything was santos um <laughs> Obviously beat side even beat the best sides in Europe when he played against them. Um, and it's fair I think a lot of people kind of do disregard his his credentials with Santos, but it's, it's you've got to kind of remember at that time Pele was playing with Brazil. Sorry, in Brazil, the players he was facing were the same people he was playing with to win the World Cup. So he was playing the highest caliber of opponents more often than not. Um he would, get, I mean, he would get offers some sides such as Real Madrid, AC Milan, Man United, and even Inter Milan put a £600,000 bid in in 1961. Now, at the time, Omar Sivori was the world record transfer uh, of £93,000, which shows how like high-regarded Pelle was around the world. Um, and when it was rejected, interrupted to buy uh, Luis Suarez for not that one, for £152,000, <laughs> which they did. Oh, oh my God. Stayed. Yeah. So they were willing to pay over six times the amount of the current world record transfer to bring in Pele into Milan were. Um, but realistically, Pele was never ever going to leave Santos because he loved it there. And he was actually given the status of a national treasure, which was given to him just to try and persuade him not to leave. Um, obviously, he's... In Brazil, he's he's the king. Even if even if Neymar, well, when Neymar breaks his goal scoring record at age seventeen, he bursts onto the scene. Would win the World Cup in nineteen fifty eight. It was eight years after the infamous Al maracanazzo nineteen fifty World Cup, where Brazil lost to Uruguay against all the odds, um, and it would even force Brazil to change their kit from white to yellow. It, just a dark day in Brazil in Brazil Brazilian football history. And obviously, Pele arriving, even scoring against Wales, but John Charles wasn't playing. Um, I, that's actually another fun. <laughs> I, I think Pele says if John Charles played that game, Wales would have won, apparently. Um, but Pele... That's, that's the last game we played in the World Cup until next until, month. Until that, Qatar, yes. That yeah. was the last ever yeah. game Wales played in the World Cup. Crazy. Um, but yeah, Pele, just brilliant player. And there's always... There's one game that kind of stands out of Pele... Because obviously there's always the argument. Oh, we never played in Europe, blah blah blah. And it's the 1962 Intercontinental Cup, so the the Club World Cup Championship. Um, and it was Santos versus the European champion at the ta- European champion at the ta- European champion, sorry, at the time Benfica, um, which had likes sort of uh, Colunia, Eusébio, and it was basically regarded as Pele versus Eusébio. Um, in the Maracanã, Santos would beat Benfica three two with Pele scoring a brace um and a lad called Coutinho scored the other one and he's a player that Pele described as better in the area than himself Hi, high words from oh, Pele I um, but three two was seen as a wow. bad score line for Santos because okay they won however when they'd go to Europe the European size was always win so in the previous two editions it was Real Madrid versus Peñarol from Uruguay um and like penarol lost five nil at the bernabao in the first gate in the first final and in the second final madrid won again away from um sorry in the bernabao so it seems like a really really bad result um anyway they'd go to the estadio deluge in benfica uh, not really expecting to win long story short long story short Ben santos would go five nil up with pelle scoring a hat-trick until Eusebio and Santana would pull a couple of goals back. But basically, it just kind of proved that Pele was on another planet at the time and could do it against the best European sides, scoring five goals in those two games against the best team in Europe. Yeah, like. Well, the,
1: there's a thing, like, I don't, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, James, but there's a thing on this podcast where me and Drew constantly make fun of Pele for his, well, one, for like the... Possible making up of some goals and like,
2: oh, adding yeah, some like and that things like probably that. has made up goals,
1: yeah. But and also, have you ever heard of his um top 125
2: players? Oh, wasn't this in like 2000 or something like that? I think it's like yeah, the yeah, Pele 100 yeah. or <laughs> yeah,
1: like yeah. that, yeah, yeah, 2004. He did it, oh, 2004, yeah, yeah. and um, it's just We we've got a joke that if you if you're on that list, it's a it's a high regard, even though he probably didn't write it, and he's also he's at the the top of it. But (laughs) like the one thing I will say, so take away, yeah, exactly. So take away all that. He he still was an absolutely phenomenal football player. I was just looking through like a load of stats, and it breaks down some of the seasons he had in in Santos. And if you look at the, I think it's the 1965 season. He scored 49 goals in 28 league games. Like that's unreal. We can that's we can bad. make fun of the the whole thing of like him pro- probably making up goals and stuff like that, but that is insane. Is. Yeah. And that's like not his only one. Like he's done uh, 1961 was 26 game, 47 goals. Um yeah. <clears throat> you can't you can't deny it. Like they're they're the actual physical stats, and yeah, that's that's insane. No matter where you're playing, that's insane.
2: It yeah, it's ridiculous. It's just Phenomenal goal scorer, a really good footballer as well. He's a bit of a trailblazer. I think there's a there's like a video um, that goes... That, I've only ever seen it once, but it never really went that viral. And it's um, it shows like different skills, such as like the Ronaldo chop, um, like a McGeady spin or something like that, that obviously are like credited to these specific players. But then you'll see videos of Pele doing them like 60 years ago. And it's just like... Uh, why is it yeah. not called like the Pele chocolate? can we call it can
1: like we that? please call it can we please call it the Pele spin McGeady was not a good enough player to have a skill named after him <laughs> hey, I agree
2: like uh, McGeady was a different level <laughs> I think it was FIFA 11 um, I think it was FIFA 11 McGeady spin was five star skills but McGeady had four star skills and couldn't do it which is the most FIFA thing I've ever heard in my life <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> right well Let's move on to the right wing where I can only assume we're going to find Aiden McGeady.
2: Ah, he's the we know, don't we? Uh the right wing is in my opinion the goat, Lionel Andres Messi. My favorite player of exactly. all time. Uh you, you you never heard of Messi. <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion, easily the place in Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favourite player of all time. Uh, as a teenager, he was ridiculous. I, I even put a um, video of my, um, my story uh, yesterday. because I was him doing like, long videos of him. And it's when he was playing against the uh, Netherlands in the World Cup 2006, he would start. And Peter Drury was commentating and he'd say, well, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, it's for the first time since Stamford Bridge, Lionel Messi starts a game. A brief pause. A brief, brief pause. And he just says at the end, enjoy him. And that was eighteen-year-old Lionel Messi, which kind of just shows like how hyped he was and how much he's lived up to that hype. It, yeah. I think his versatility as well in like in games is phenomenal. He's gone from you know from out wide to a striker to a centre forward. Someone who plays a bit of a deeper role now. His playmaking is phenomenal. His goal scoring numbers are phenomenal. He's, he's even though over, over the past few years he's brought free kicks into his game just watch, I've watched him play. I think I've watched Messi play three times. I've seen him at an Al Clasico. I was there for the Liverpool Barcelona 4-0 and the Finalissima um, a few months ago. And okay, they lost 4-0 against Liverpool, but he was the best player on that pitch. Like he's met, like, you watch him play and the way he controls the football, the way he passes the football, he does everything to just a different level to anyone else I've ever seen. And it's, Just outrageous to watch. Just outrageous. Well, honestly.
1: The the thing is, now we're we're going into the era now where you move away from like um, Ronaldo and Messi into what is looking like Haaland and Mbappe, maybe. But I would say, and I would argue this with like putting Ronaldo in with Haaland and Mbappe, the stats look great. Messi isn't just stats though. Like, if you literally, if you just watch him playing football and like, Dictating the play and holding the ball and just looking for his next move, and then his next move being whatever it is. He, I, and this is this is coming from someone who I, I've always thought Ronaldo was better until recently. If you actually just watch a get, uh, uh, I was about to say video game. Uh, if you watch like a match with Messi in it it just watch him i would love do you remember how they used to have player cam um for yeah, the premier guy. league yeah, i would yeah. love to just watch a player cam of him just watch him for the whole game cuz he's insane and recently he just he became the first ever player in history to score against 40 different teams it's mad
2: it is absolutely mad
1: like yeah
0: i think insane with him as well i think one thing to consider with messi the way that people view messi now is the way that people have been viewing LeBron James in the NBA for like the past five years, even though he's older, people are just looking like to say, "Oh, the next person's taken over the crown. The next person's come in to to do this." And then every season they come back and remind you, "Nope, still here. I'm still the best one." So like, yeah. maybe he's not putting up the numbers that he used to, but in terms of skill level, the like the ability that he possesses, there's no one near him still, and like yeah. he is well, the LeBron James of football and like to make that comparison of people are like always coming after him going oh well you know he's going to fade eventually and he just never does still there <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, well it, this is this, this is what i was saying about the whole stats thing because uh last season his uh, that was his first season at PSG wasn't it yeah i believe yeah so people people were um sort of going on about oh he's not scoring as many goals he's not doing it it's like watch a game just watch a game with him in it he's still doing it he's just more dictating the play like he's more just like spreading it around the field like giving it to everyone else it's why Neymar looked so good last year it's why Neymar looked so good this year don't get me wrong Neymar's a fantastic player but it's because he's got Messi next to him and he's got such a good chemistry with Messi like he's yeah yeah the the thing that's really helped Messi yeah
2: he is yeah. the goat. The thing that's really helped Messi is the um, uh, his his um, when he was in La Masia and his time at Barcelona. Because obviously, it's it's such a specific style of play, um, and the the play you see now for Messi is what you would see from players like Xavi and Iniesta from like the the late nineties. Um, so having those players around him has improved his game for the future. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's played
0: he's played with some of the best players ever. He's played with Henri, Slatan, Eto,
2: Ronaldinho, Xavi
0: and Esther, Ronaldinho. Yeah. Like the list of players he's played alongside internationally and at club level, is amazing in, in itself. But the amazing thing yeah. about that is all of those players will say, I got to play with Messi, you know. Yeah.
2: Absolutely.
1: Well there's that. What's the, um, after the, uh what was the trophy that Argentina won recently? Uh,
2: Finalista.
1: Basically, every single, every single Argentina player is just lining up to have their photo with Messi in the trophy. And yeah. I remember at the time people were saying it was cringe and it was like, you're a professional footballer, act like a professional whatever, so on. It's like, no, I, we all know we would do exactly the same because 100%. that photo is going to be, look. To your to your kids to your grandkids, look who I played with. Like, look, that is Lionel Messi. Yeah. Lionel Messi is already being mentioned with Maradona, Pele, whatever. But he's in the future. I, I, like Drew said, I genuinely think he is the GO. I think he's the best player we'll ever see.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I, I was at the uh, finalissima, the uh, final against Italy, um, and I, I was sat with the Argentinian fans. They just took over Wembley. It was incredible. And the love they have for Messi it's probably not quite Maradona level, but that's probably because Maradona was more extroverted where Messi's more introverted, yeah Maradona has like Maradona has yeah. like the ultimate personality Messi doesn't have that that's fine. I think Maradona will always be like God status lines the fans that's why yeah, probably I think Maradona will be like god status, Messi will be king status, that's how I'll put it um but yeah. like even after they won that, they just they literally all just surrounded Messi, started like chucking him in the air like. Like Messi didn't even score that game. Like there were three other people, like three other people, score things like <laughs> Dybala, and Martinez and Di Maria. But it's just they just love Messi that much, and they appreciate the what Messi does for them. Like to, to just to that level, and to watch Messi lift a trophy in person was just like that's so cool. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, That's yeah. my starting well, well, eleven.
0: There's here. your five? <laughs> so all we need is the sub. Who? So, I mean. If you chose a defender as a substitute, then I'm quite concerned because those, those attackers might get a bit tired. What have
2: we got? <laughs> who have we got on the bench? Can I just say, my front five, I've got a player who never even played a game and i still got about 3,000 goals in there. Yeah, goal. more. yeah, fair play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all just Pele's goals. Um, <laughs> so my substitute, originally, originally, I was going to have 2006 charity match Boris Johnson, uh, rugby tackling a former Germany <laughs> international uh, Bundesliga winner uh, with Stuttgart, and Man City Loney, Maurizio Gaudino, But I changed my mind because there's not a lot of lot to talk about Boris in terms of football. So I went with... So it's Liz Truss. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually gone with uh, Luis Garcia. Um the reason I've gone for him is that 2005 Champions League run. He scored in the round of 16 quarterfinals and the goal that definitely did not go in against Chelsea. Um, wonderful goals. I think he scored four goals against Leverkusen in the two legs. Scored an, The goal against Juventus is just iconic on the half volley over Buffon, world record goalkeeper. The goal against Chelsea, which would have just been a penalty to Liverpool, Petr Cech sent off. So is what it is. Just a player who is I would never call him like Liverpool's best ever player. He would never get into Liverpool's best ever starting eleven. He is the ultimate cult hero, in my opinion. And obviously, he does stuff now. He still he, loves Liverpool to this day. What what a player. He for for me, he, he also made it into my
0: eleven when I did mine. Um so for me, Luis Garcia is our generation's Divokarigi. Liverpool fans
2: yeah, absolutely. that cult him to
0: pop up with an amazing goal and be like oh my god he could do that and then for the rest mm-hmm. of it he wouldn't do anything and then yeah. like I said that that goal against Juve is the thing that I talked about mostly because for one it was not down by Anthony Letalec which is insane why was he playing and just the whole thing just absolutely insane I mean and then he runs off thumb in mouth to the corner oh yeah, iconic chef's kiss that love it
2: I, I just that love man. him. I love Luis Garcia. Still do. I know. It's a shame, really. I think uh, did he leave too early? I think he left a bit too early. But I can't remember what his form was like. At he the left time. as part of the Torres deal. That was it. So we got
0: we got Torres, and it wasn't part of the same deal, but it was widely regarded of like, all right, yeah, we'll have Torres. You can have Garcia.
2: That's a pretty solid trade, to
0: be was
1: fair, a considering swap. with Torres. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Not to bad. Care. Now I'm going to ask you just just questioning uh something here. Why is he the sub and Carlos Enrique Raposo, who you said never played a game of football? Why is think, he not on the bench?
2: I think Carlos if We Enrique, say that he's
1: conned you and he ended up on the
2: <laughs> Carlos Reposo mate. So um I was recently speaking to Carlos Alberto and he told me to start Carlos Reposo. Um Okay. Yeah, yeah, and he—that's yeah. really—he okay. just has a—he just, just has enough. a very interesting story.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, he has a starting eleven-worthy story about him, so I've gone with him. Yeah, that's fair. Can't argue with that logic there.
1: The, no go. On.
0: All right, so yeah. we've had your starting eleven, we've had your super sub. We're going to take a quick break. Join us again after the break. Where we're going to go through the manager, the kit, and the stadium.
1: Okay, welcome back to the Nostalgia FC pod, where we're here with James, who is going to give us his manager stadium and kit. So we'll start where we normally would. Who is managing this team?
2: Um, so my manager is Javi Ir- Irureta. Now, he is the manager, well, he was the manager, sorry, of that Deportivo La Coruña side, the super Depot from the uh, mid to late 90s to 2000s. That absolutely iconic, just we we're good now and we will we will take our chance of being good side if that makes sense. So like we're good for like ten years and we will do everything with it. Won the league, won the Copa del Rey never won the Champions League. I think they made a semi final the Champions League. Um obviously great players such as Roy Mackay, uh Rivaldo as well. Uh Bebeto. Yeah. Uh oh who was their midfielder they had they, they had a like they had a Brazilian midfielder who played like all his career there. Just a really, really cool, cool team cool manager. So I've got to say about it, really. Fair enough. What is insane
0: is before he got that job, the manager was uh, John Toshack.
2: <laughs> he managed Ravello. So former Wales manager, Liverpool legend. Yeah, they. Yeah, I recently, the recently mentioned this, this team
0: because they did. They hated him. I recently watched yeah. a video, uh, Tifo Football, um, which is done by the Athletic. They posted a video about. It's Deportivo scene. And it's yep. such an interesting story about how they pretty much just gambled their whole future on getting this team together, trying to do as much as they could in a short space of time, and then we're like, uh oh, we can't afford yep. to pay anyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Insane. Yeah, bad. Insane. I think it's Deportivo are like quite low in the the league structure now, right?
2: Yeah, I think they're either second or third tier oh, now. Got it wrong. Yeah. They had a Clarence Seedorf as manager recently, didn't yeah. they? They did. Did they? They
0: did. The mm. way I always remember from that team, or the, the, the latter stages of that team, like 2004, is Diego Tristan. Oh, I love Diego Tristan. Yeah.
2: Oh, Tristan, Juan Frosted Carlos Valron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's... yeah. We love that. To be honest, I've just realised yeah, this is, is more we, about Dr. than the manager. <laughs>
0: yeah that's fine pick any (laughs) Deportivo manager alright so there is your manager a great manager um, of a great team iconic Deportivo team love that blue and white stripes iconic so speaking of iconic kits let's go for yours who not who what kit is this team wearing
2: Uh, I can't remember what year it's from Um, it's the cultural Leonesa tuxedo kit (laughs) Really, really, really bad football kit, but just very funny. And I think my team, I think Pele would look really good in it, personally.
1: (laughs) Have I actually seen this?
2: You must have, surely.
1: I don't know. I just typed in tuxedo kit and it came, like, corrected it to tuxedo kit and I got some weird responses.
2: The team was a cultural uh,
1: yeah,
0: no, yeah. yeah. Weird, man. I mean, if you want to look, it's like one of those things like you've got a game at eight, but you've got a dinner party at 10.
1: You
0: know? <laughs> Double down, do both.
2: <laughs> absolutely. That's, that's spot on, that is. That's absolutely spot on.
1: I do feel like it could have been better though. Like it could have been a better kit in itself. Why have they still got like the yellow stripes on the sleeve? I have no idea. (laughs) It's still a football kit. It still needs to be a football kit. They can't
0: just play an actual tuxedo. No, I don't mean that, but why not just make it
1: look more like.
0: (laughs) What you can't see in that kit is actually all had to wear like dress shoes as well. So they weren't wearing boots. They were all wearing like brogues and (laughs) stuff like that. They just molded studs onto brogues. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so
1: if you look at the photo of the players wearing it, like the what the guys who are modeling it, they look dead behind the eyes. They're like, we know this is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just want to play football. <laughs> Maybe it was a thing where it was like just to confuse your the opponent. Like you'd you'd have a striker running at you, and he'd be wearing a tuxedo. you would be like, what?
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Am, am I taking the wrong terms I- somewhere? <laughs> There's a streaker on the pitch. Oh no, wait, what? That's that's the other team. <laughs>
1: The tires oh. are clip-on as well. So, <laughs> so, so they're playing in a tuxedo kit. They need they need a stadium to match it. Go on, where are they playing? Uh,
2: know, this stadium does not exist, unfortunately. <laughs> Begrudgingly, the stadium does not exist, shall I say? And it is the Champions League stadium. You oh. know the one in the entrance. The entrance package. It always like goes that big Champions League stadium that should just exist. Why it doesn't is. Annoying. It's a, it looks insane. They should have every final there. And it should be in I don't know what country. Switzerland, let's say. Neutral, yeah, neutral. And as yeah, the Swiss teams never get into the final, so that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just a cool Sierra looking thing. blows my mind that it doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, it's also it's been it's been like the um starting like intro to the Champions League for so long now just like yeah. the camera going above that stadium. It looks so cool. But, yeah. I think Absolutely. we
0: we sack off the city idea and we have it like uh you can call it in so like it moves. The stadium just moves from place to place. Like all right, we're going to be uh putting the final in uh in England this year and they just drop it in the middle of like <laughs> Dartford Malls or something like that. There you go. There's the stadium. And then, oh, where's it going next year? France. All right, just whack it in the middle of the Alps. There we go. (laughs) I'd like to think it would just have its own little island somewhere. Oh, yeah, International Waters. Love that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good.
0: Imagine that. Football Stadium Island. That'd be insane.
1: Oh, it'd be so cool.
0: All right, let's get some money together. Let's see what we can do. (laughs) We'll make one out of a few different, like, uh, rubber dinghies. No budget. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) paint <laughs> some stars on the side Champions League no problem
1: we're now g- going to read back your team to you uh, if you do want to change anything like the formation maybe don't know just a you suggested. can't
0: change formation oh, now where right. all those attackers go <laughs> <laughs> you're not putting at right back um, are you?
1: we'll redo your team uh, and then by the end of it we will take your team name from you so
0: James Dewsbury, you have chosen a 2-3-5 formation your goalkeeper is Helmut Dukadan and your two defenders are Andy Wilkinson and Virgil van Dijk.
1: Your midfielders are Luciano ri uh, Steven Gerrard and Zvedan Misimovic. you have got five attackers
0: and their names are Carlos Kaiser, Abidi Pele, Gert Muller, the actual Pele <laughs> and Lionel Messi.
1: The Super sub coming off the bench is Luis Garcia. The manager is Javier Irureta. The so stadium is the Champions League stadium, and the kit that we'll be playing in is the tuxedo kit from Cultural Leonese. Perfect. Now,
0: you happy with those choices? So there's only one thing left to do, and that is to name the team.
2: right, okay, so much like the what was it the El Paso uh, shooters or whatever, uh, we are going down the very MLS rules of having the name and then something that can kill you after. Um, so I have gone with the (laughs) Jewsbury Drought (laughs) that's my name very slow in that yes
1: (laughs) the Jewsbury Drought love it
0: summer 2024 I know I've skipped a year summer 2023 the Jewsbury Drought's coming for you UK watch out (laughs) (laughs) thanks for on the podcast it's been an absolute pleasure having you on some of the stories you've told are unbelievable and our listeners will thoroughly enjoy them uh
2: so exactly. before we let you go plug yourself where can we find you uh okay so on tiktok you can obviously find me uh my name is jews football d-e-w-s-f-u-t-b-o-l um on instagram i am just james jews b7 j-m-j-m-m-e-s-d-e-w-s-b-u-r-y and then the number seven um twitter it's just at James underscore Dewsbury wonderful so if you want to go check out
0: some amazing nostalgic themed content some of it is absolutely wonderful some of the stories you've heard on here James has made videos about and there's countless other videos to go and watch about amazing times in football and James is a great storyteller on TikTok so make sure you go and check him out it is definitely worth your time
1: before you go as well James I just want to say you are now on 48,000 followers
2: woo (laughs) 2K away. Let's go.
1: <laughs> and I will also admit that I was your 48,000 <laughs> There we go. <laughs> okay, there it is. is.
0: <laughs> what a way to end the podcast. James, a.k.a. Deuce Football, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Cheers,
2: Cheers
0: guys. Man. So there was James Dewsbury giving us his ultimate 11, a wonderful team absolutely mad formation but it worked out in the end I think. yeah some of the stories he got in there were incredible i mean the what about the guy getting shot mad
1: yeah and the car i still never played a game of football but played for all the teams he played for i like honestly um if you if you did enjoy those stories please do go follow him on tiktok because that is what his tiktok is absolutely. so absolutely is yeah
0: hey and while you're there go follow us on tiktok you know, yes, please do. We we sort of posting TikToks. We got we, we had one that went quite quite uh big for us, which is a pretty big deal. So go follow us, enjoy yeah, it, yeah. We make some great yeah, content. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, that was today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll have another episode coming out soon. Uh, we won't tell you who's the guest is because we don't know who it is yet. But there will be one sometime soon. But a big announcement to make on this podcast because it is on time recording the eighth of October. And we're about to start recording our World Cup Festival of Football. So we have a whole load of content that's going to come at you for the month of November and December. Purely World Cup based episodes. Uh, We are going to be welcoming a special guest host to join us on uh, some of that content. Maybe all of it. We don't know. Um, All I can say is uh, he used to look like a KFC worker. And now we've sorted him out with their microphone. So he won't look as much like a KFC worker. (laughs) <laughs> uh, if he wears a hat he still does so we'll see if he's wearing a hat uh but yeah look forward to that we've got some amazing content coming your way some really fun ideas um something different than the rest of the world cup content which should be previews and things like that we're going back to the good old days as you would expect yeah, from nostalgia fc
1: podcast we're keeping it we're keeping it nostalgia oh boy uh
0: so for now that was nostalgia fc podcast if you want to go and uh follow us on socials please do
1: uh, all our socials are at Nostalgia Pod. If you do want to give us uh, send us an email, if you want to come on the pod, if you have an idea, anything like that, we're open to suggestions. It is nostalgiafcpod at gmail Thanks
0: again for listening. Uh, we really appreciate your continued support. If you're new to the podcast, where the heck have you been? We've been doing this for ages. <laughs> uh, it's almost coming up for two years on this Nostalgia FC podcast. Next month it is two years. Um, so make sure you go back and check out our the, our back catalogue of content. We've got some great episodes in there. Avoid the first like ten. Because we were trying to figure out how to do it, and the it's quite jarring when you go back and listen to them now. Not it's, quite as it's good quality. It's so here. funny.
1: It's so funny. I recently, I was listening to the latest episode. Um, yes, I do listen to our episodes, even though I was in them. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, it finished, and it went back to our first one. And more, more than anything, we just sound a bit, like, flat and a bit, but also the sound quality is so much <laughs> different. It's crazy. We really yeah. didn't have a clue what we were doing. No, So, yeah, um, we hope you've enjoyed the
0: journey. If you, As I said, if you are new, go back and listen to some old content. We've got some great stuff and some really exciting times ahead with the World Cup coming up. It's going to be a great yeah. time to be a Nostalgite, so make sure you stick around. Thanks again for listening. We will catch you next time. This has been Nostalgia FC Podcast. That was James Jewsbury, a.k.a. Juice Football. Go follow him. He gave us the team of Dewsbury Trout coming to a
1: <laughs> town near you. And what a team it was. And what a team it was. Finding the pronunciation. No, don't don't fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, okay. So your midfield is. I'm gonna start with the easy one, Steven Gerrard. Then it goes on to Luciano Re. Oh yeah, wait, let me try again. <laughs> <laughs> then your midfield is Steven Gerrard. Your next midfielder is Luciano Re Chisoni. Chiccone. Oh so close. Well, I wasn't. Uh then.
0: So i'm going back it.
1: to i'm trying to i'm well no because i'm trying to go back to what you or i think you said which is sounded like Radan, but i feel like i got that wrong so Radan misimovic well, there's a three z's in his name so it's definitely not Radan. it sounded like Radan when i said <laughs> it zvedan misimovic
2: yeah.
1: yeah there you go you can move on to the forwards now <laughs> can i use that it's not usable <laughs> do it again right okay